Hello, and welcome to Bruce World, where I'll be your life guide. If you haven't guessed it, I'm Bruce, Bruce Handler. And with each episode, I plan to discuss a thought-provoking topic and, of course, share my point of view. To talk about humans and the interesting things we do, maybe teach you a thing or two, share some facts that are really true, and make you laugh at least once before I'm through. Hello, and welcome to episode 24 of my podcast entitled Stress and the Magic of Mindfulness 101. Now, if I were to ask you to raise your hand if you were stressed and wish you had less stress, I know that all of your hands would be raised pretty high, assuming you are human, that is, and not heavily medicated right now. So it would be hard to find anyone who doesn't have a lot of stress, given how many things we have to deal with in our daily lives or be exposed to in the world like COVID and today's politics. Throughout my life, I've been on a quest to find ways to reduce my stress and live a calmer and more peaceful existence as often as possible. I can't recall when I first discovered mindfulness or how I came across it, but it's been a life-changing discovery for me and for many people. So what is mindfulness other than some catchy-sounding New Age thingy? Although much has been written about mindfulness in recent years, and you can find an article on it in almost every magazine, from health, entertainment, women's magazines, to business periodicals, most people struggle to define it when asked what it means. People might guess that it has something to do with being thoughtful, kind, or attentive, and others may say it has something to do with meditation or living in the moment but then struggle to get more specific and define what that really means. So first, let's talk about what it isn't. It's not just lying down or sitting in a yoga pose on the floor with your legs crossed over each other and your palms facing up and resting on your knees or in your lap, which is known as Padmasana, the Padmasana pose. Try saying that 10 times. And it's not just meditating, although when it comes to mindfulness, There is a meditating component that people can use, but I'm not going to be discussing that today because mindfulness doesn't have to involve meditation at all, and I know the mention of meditation can easily scare people away or turn them off the second they hear that word. Many people say meditation isn't for them, and I get it. I tried it off and on over a couple of years, but I just couldn't consistently get motivated to practice it or do it for very long periods of time. In fact, it was hard for me to go more than five minutes without getting antsy or having my brain become flooded with thoughts, and it only reduced my stress on occasion. Okay, so what is it? What is mindfulness? The most basic definition is to be fully present, to live in the moment, to be fully engaged and focusing on what you're currently experiencing, which means being aware of where you are, your surroundings, what you're doing, what you're feeling and sensing and saying, and what others are doing and saying. How do you know if you're engaged in mindfulness? It's when your thoughts don't drift into the past where you dwell on or even obsess about mistakes you've made, things that make you feel bad, depressed, inadequate, or regretful, things you wish you had done differently or that you had never experienced. And it's when you don't wander into the future and worry and become anxious about anything and everything or obsess about all the kinds of things that can go wrong or badly, but instead you're engaging with what is right in front of you. So why is mindfulness so important to practice? What's in it for you? Also known as WIFI, which 
I just reinvented as a derivation of WIFM. Well, the payoffs can be big. Like I said, for me, it's been a game changer. Why? 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 Because it not only helps you reduce your stress, it reduces how much you worry, and it also helps you become more lighthearted and relaxed and to become much more connected to people, which ties into my last podcast on loneliness. Because when you are with other people, it causes you to be truly present with them when you practice mindfulness. It also helps you to sleep better. I've spoken several times in various podcasts about how important sleep is. It helps you become more understanding, more empathetic, and less judgmental, to be more attentive, kinder, calmer, and more observant and patient. These shifts in your experience, which you will notice more and more over time, are likely to generate changes in other parts of your life as well. After you practice mindfulness for a while, people will clearly notice a positive difference in your behavior. Now, there are some who try to practice mindfulness all the time, which is quite a goal to attempt to achieve. The reality is, though, that it's not quite possible, but that's okay. We will always have some thoughts about the past and the future. The goal is to limit them. And when you get to Mindfulness 202 to learn how to explore and understand those thoughts to minimize any negative impact they may have on you, and instead you turn them into learning opportunities. Now, this is the amazing part, and I don't mean to sound like some stupid infomercial that you find being broadcast at 2 in the morning, which promises you everything if you buy their product, but I can't emphasize enough how easy it can be to practice mindfulness. In fact, I can guarantee it won't make your brain or body hurt, and that it's not painful or taxing in any way. It takes so little effort and doesn't require any more time in your day to do it. More on that later. Now, traditional meditation is meant to quiet the mind and remove your daily thoughts. However, my mind does not seem capable of staying quiet for more than a minute or two when I try and meditate. The thoughts just keep finding their way into my consciousness, and it's very hard for me to get rid of them or to quiet them down. I'm sure someone out there will tell me I'm doing something wrong that I just don't know how to meditate. But I contend that traditional meditation is not for anyone and that many people who try it find it too hard to do on a regular basis, and so they give up the practice. Now, as I mentioned earlier, mindfulness can involve meditation, but it doesn't have to in order to be effective. What's so cool about it is how it can be woven into any activity, such as walking, running, driving, sitting, having a conversation, and even eating. (laughs) Yes, folks, there's something called mindful eating. So stay tuned for more on that. So what do you need to do to become more mindful, to live in the present and not be distracted by past or future thoughts? Here comes the phrase that pays. Pun soon to be intended. The phrase that pays is pay attention. That's it. Pay attention. Okay, my work is done. The podcast is over. I'll say goodbye, go forth, and good luck. Okay, not quite. Now, when it comes to mindfulness, I don't know why everyone wants to start you out with breathing exercises without having first explained more about what paying attention really means. And P.S., when it comes to this podcast, now is an important time to pay attention. Paying attention means actively involving as many of your senses as possible. And P.S., thinking is not a sense. Last time I checked, we all have five senses. 
We're talking about sight, what you're seeing, sound, what you're hearing, scent, what you're smelling, touch, what you're feeling, that's with your body, (laughs) and taste when you're eating and drinking. The more you involve any of your senses and the more you can involve more than one, the more you're engaging in mindfulness and the more you'll start experiencing the benefits of doing so. When do I most often practice mindfulness? When I walk my dog. And it actually starts before the walk. When I first grab her leash, her harness, and a bag that holds various items, including her poop bags. And as I'm getting these things and then putting on her harness and leash, I start to focus on everything I'm doing and little else. By focusing on what I'm doing, I'm freeing my mind from regrets about the past and fears and anxieties about the future. I feel the leash and harness in my hands. I feel the dog as she squirms around while I try to put the harness on her and the snapping sound the harness makes when I connect the pieces that hold it in place. Then I open the treat container which makes a popping sound when I take off the lid and that yucky aroma coming from the tree container, which smells like a mixture of dirt and sweat. Then there's a chewing sound while the dog eats her first treat. Then I begin my walk and I become aware of what it feels like to be walking, the contact my feet are making with the ground and how comfortable my shoes are as I take each step and what my socks feel like in my shoes. And there's so much going on around me if I choose to pay attention. And again, That's the phrase that pays. Pay attention. There's the sound of the leaves blowing in the street, the sound of the cars approaching near me and then passing by, the feel of the pull of the leash as the dog darts around after a squirrel, and the sound of the squirrel scurrying as we get close to it, and the sound of the wind blowing through the trees, and the feel of the wind hitting my face and hands and causing me to feel a chill. And watching the dog sniffing pretty much everything. She is a hound, after all. And then there's the sound of the birds, some noise in the distance I don't recognize. And then I look down at the sidewalk, and I may actually start counting my steps. Or I look at the various houses in my neighborhood and really let my eyes take them in. (laughs) Then there's that skunk smell, and it's getting worse as we move along. I hear a garage door opening and some conversation about some groceries. I could go on and on, but I think you get the picture— These walks can be five minutes, sometimes 45 minutes. And these are the times when I most choose to lose myself in the moment and keep most thoughts out of my head about the past or the future. I'm better about keeping past thoughts out. When they pop in my head, I pretty quickly get back in the moment by engaging my senses. But I sometimes get ideas when I'm walking and I'm in a hurry to enter them into my phone and the mindfulness is temporarily lost. I don't need to be mindful for the full length of my walk, but I try to do it for the majority of the walk. So you'll find that no matter how much you practice mindfulness, at times you're going to lose the present. It's normal. You then just need to find a way back, which as I said during my walks, you can do so by refocusing on your senses. Also, as I mentioned, I generally use my dog walking time to engage the most in mindfulness, but I also do it at other times. So what do you want to pick to pay attention to? And it could be something you do every day or once in a while. I mean, a great way to start is to pick one activity you do every day, such as brushing your teeth, taking a shower, riding the bus, driving your car, doing laundry, emptying your dishwasher, talking to a friend on the phone. And as you do these things, start getting in the habit 
of paying attention to what you're doing while you're doing it. Now, your mind will wander, possibly within a few seconds, but don't sweat it. Just bring your attention back to the smell of the toothpaste or the sound the shower is making or how the water feels when it hits your body. Is it warm or hot? So now I want to talk about three types of mindfulness in more detail that you can experience while engaging in normal activities like eating or having a conversation. And then there's the more traditional sitting or lying down body mindfulness. Oh, and in case you're wondering how long you need to be mindful to benefit from being mindful, the answer is not very long. Consciously and subconsciously, our minds are almost always racing, even when we're doing some specific task or watching some show or listening to music. So a little bit of mindfulness goes a long way, even if you only do it for a few minutes a day. Now, over time, you ideally want to engage in more mindfulness time in your life. And the more you do it, obviously, the more you're going to benefit from it and the more you're going to feel more relaxed and calm. So how would you apply mindfulness to eating? Well, you can start by taking in what's on your plate, looking at the colors and the shapes, and then take in how each item smells, and then how each item tastes, and how it feels when you chew it, and what it sounds like. And it is best to chew slowly to really experience the food and for mindfulness to kick in. Also, tap into the sounds made by your knife and fork as you cut something or as the utensils hit the plate. How does it feel when you drink something? What sound do you hear as you drink? How does it feel as the liquid goes down your throat? How does the glass feel in your hand? Eating involves all your senses and is a great way to easily learn how to practice mindfulness. Now let's switch to having a conversation and how to apply mindfulness to that. And obviously it's not quite as much fun as eating, but it could be very beneficial for you and the person you're conversing with. The only two senses you will generally be using are seeing and hearing. Your goal here is really to practice listening and not sharing much. Not that you would do this with every conversation, but once in a while when a person is speaking to you, Focus on not just the words, but the tone and any nonverbals that they exhibit. When people speak, most of what they are communicating, much of what they are saying comes through their nonverbals. And there are a lot of nonverbals that you could pay attention to. As you actively listen, you may want to even take notes in order to be able to repeat back or summarize things the other person has said, to acknowledge what they've said, and to try to pick up on their feelings and reading between the lines. Because people are generally not always very direct. Now for the hard part. Try to minimize sharing your thoughts and instead ask questions to seek a better understanding of what someone is saying. People throw out terms all the time, but who knows how they're interpreting them. And you can encourage people to speak more just by saying, tell me more about that. A side benefit here is that with active listening, people will tend to like you more and to enjoy your conversations and interactions with them while you're practicing something very useful to you. Mindfulness. Last but not least, let me share the most traditional form of mindfulness, which I know some of you may find boring, but it is very relaxing. 
You just need to sit in a chair or lie on the floor or lie in your bed. And it's actually a great exercise to help you fall asleep. Once you've established a comfortable position, you'll gently begin to follow your breathing and extend your awareness to various parts of your body. The first thing you want to pay attention to is how you're breathing. As you breathe in, you simply become aware that you're breathing in. As you breathe out, you become aware that you're breathing out. It can be very relaxing and pleasant to follow our breathing flow in and out of our body. As the air enters our body, focus on how it feels and sounds and do the same as you breathe out. Notice your chest rising and falling and think about where you're breathing from. Is it low in your abdomen or is it higher up in your chest? And as you breathe in and out, are you breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth or in through your mouth and out through your nose or just in and out of your mouth or just in and out of your nose? You can just focus on your breathing for this exercise or you can take it deeper by bringing a focus to your muscles because we have a tendency to go through life with tightened muscles. People obviously vary where they hold most of their tension, so you want to identify where you mainly hold yours. It's most common in the lower back, the neck, shoulders, and in our face and jaw. So pick just one area and focus on it while you're sitting or lying down. Notice how it feels. Imagine what it may look like if you can see inside your body. Imagine it's all tense and scrunched up. And then as you keep breathing, you want to try and breathe a little more deeply and at the same time focus on those tense muscle areas and imagine in your mind that they're starting to relax. To help you with this, you can tighten those muscles and then let go and relax and imagine what that looks like and how does that feel. Doing this for just a few minutes could be so powerful. So it just occurred to me that I forgot something to share that's really important. That a great time to practice mindfulness is when playing sports. Take something like golf, racquetball, tennis, pickleball, basketball, etc., where we get upset at ourselves when we make a mistake and we can't let that negative energy go. So it leads to feelings of anger, disappointment, and then that leads to action of more mistakes because we can't let go of those bad feelings. We need to let go of the past. If you were practicing mindfulness in these situations, you would find that you can't think about the past and let it affect you. If instead, you're living and focusing on the moment. Well, when it comes to mindfulness, Mindfulness 101, that's all I have on the subject for now, and I'm obviously mindful of the time, so I'll end the podcast by asking you to try it. Again, it generally takes so little effort. So if you can write down what you will do, when you will do it, and then try it, even if it's just for a minute, whether it's when you're walking, exercising, talking, eating, biking, resting, I hope you'll find that it can change your life for the better as it has for mine. There is also a book that I highly recommend called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And he'll take you from Mindfulness 101 to Mindfulness 202. And I'll remind you that if you or any friend or family members have any life challenges, including those having to do with stress or worry or fear or regret, please feel free to contact me at brucecoachcca at gmail.com. 
and I'd be happy to help you. That's brucecoachcca at gmail.com, and it's a free consultation. And think about what a wonderful holiday gift it could be to give someone an actual coaching session. So thanks for stopping by, and thanks for listening, if you're still awake. I hope you were entertained, maybe learned something new, smiled a time or two. And here's to having at least an okay day. And if you don't, that you have what it takes to make it through. <laughs>